the views, information, or opinions expressed during CORE, the podcast series, are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Southern Methodist University and its employees. Welcome to CORE, the podcast. CORE is an organization run out of the Women's and LGBT Center at SMU. And every year we take on the challenge of putting on a women's symposium in which we bring influential women to campus to uplift and inspire SMU students. We also host community awards in which we recognize outstanding women within the Dallas community. My name is Antoine and I am a sophomore here at SMU studying finance, finance and markets and culture. Today with us, we have Leah Parker. Leah is a Dallas native. She has past corporate experience in human resource management with Westinghouse Electric Corporation in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and franchise ownership of a local Baskin Robbins. After that, she worked with with St. Paul UMC as a church business administrator. Although retired, she still pursues her passion of working with the St. Paul UMC Church's community outreach programs, primarily as coordinator of the 24-year-old Body and Soul Homeless Ministry and as a board member of the Roseland Community Partners. Okay, so how are you today, Leah? I'm fine. I'm fine. Thank you so very much. I'm here, vaccinated. I always say that. <laughs> and made it through the pandemic, and I mean that's an achievement for me. I sort of really stayed sort of uh, in my bubble because I didn't want to get sick. So anyway, that's, that's an accomplishment for here. me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, cool. Let's get started. So my first question is kind of a big one. So we're gonna just jump right in. <laughs> okay, so you are a coordinator for the St. Paul UMC Church's Body and Soul Homeless Ministry. How do you say this has changed your perspective on life and how do you take the lessons you learn from it and apply it to other areas of your life? Well, body and soul, uh, I would say the most transformative thing in my life has been the body and soul uh, mm. program. Uh, it's 24 years old and we, I was one of three that sort of co-founded at the direction of our pastor at St. Paul United Methodist Church. So it's, I've never been a part of something from the beginning all the way to the end for 24 years. And uh, we are a weekend, um, uh, and I say ministry program. We meet every Saturday morning. We provide a hot meal for uh, the homeless. Um, we started off with 100 people per Saturday, but we did some renovations to our church, so we worked down to 80. And, you know, it's kind of slipped again during this pandemic period. We still provide a hot, when I say a hot meal, we used to, we, it, I, it may not be that healthy, but we used to have sausage, hash browns, grits, biscuits. Good stuff. Good stuff, right. And people came to uh, get that good stuff. And so... We try to have a, a modified version of that. We have a hot sandwich for them and uh, water. We have coffee and we serve that uh, in our church on uh, every Saturday morning. And it's very important to be consistent. They know we'll be there. Now we had to miss like a day because of the, the storm. Mm -hmm. And you know, it just hurts my heart. Over the 24 years, that was only the third Saturday that we have missed. Out of all those Saturdays, we have always been there because they depend on that. A lot of our people are chronic homeless. They live on the streets. Some are in shelters. They walk down. Some are, you know, we have sheltered and unsheltered, but uh, they come down and we need to be there. So uh, we have uh, <clears throat> the typical uh, Saturday before the pandemic was, you know, they would come in, they would, you know, we would 
have uh, volunteers from over five different churches that would come set up. They would cook, cook right there on the premises. Then they would bring their own serving crew. They would have a few words of encouragement. They maybe bring entertainment or whatever. So it was a good respite for being out on the streets to just come in and um, uh, socialize with uh, other volunteers from uh, other churches, other races. And it, it was just a very, uh, very social uh, couple of two to three hours that they had to stay with us. And so we really loved it. So, uh, but we tried to do a modified version and keep it going during this period. And so we've been pretty successful in doing that, although the numbers decreased, you know, I don't know where people are. Some people uh, didn't come down. They either found other places to stay or it's just, it just came down. So we think when we get it rolling again, it will come back up. So and we averaged uh, moving down from 100 to when we renovated, made did a renovation to the church, maybe about, I don't know, 75 or whatever. So it was a good number. We're, we're a very small church. You may have, our church is located uh, in the arts district. Mm -hmm. It's a very old church. We're in 2023, we'll be 153 years old. So wow. 150 years old, I'm sorry. So, That's crazy. It's my home church. So yeah. um, your question was, uh, that's probably the most transformative experience that I've had in my life. I get, you know, 24 years is a long time. So I've been working with it even while I was working at the church, so. Well, that's so cool that you all get together and do that for all the homeless people that come and that y'all been able to kind of still maintain it during the pandemic. And I think maintaining anything during this is pretty hard. So like, kudos to y'all, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, and we make our volunteers safe. You know, we have the mask. If people come to us and don't have masks, we give them masks. They want a shield, we have a shield. And so we, we practice social distancing and they know that they respect that. And so we want everybody to be safe, so. Oh, cool. Well, you kind of answered like two of my questions, so great, but yeah. Um, okay, so at the Community Awards, we learned that you attended SMU. What led you to come here and how did you make the most of your, of your time here? Well, I was, um, I am from Dallas. I'm from a, from a all African-American community uh, in Dallas. And um, I was chosen as a participant in the Upward Bound program. Have you heard of that? Okay. Uh, back in 19, 19, 1966, that was a uh, war on poverty initiative by Lyndon Bain Johnson's to prepare uh, uh, poverty kids for college. And so we were uh, selected from various uh, high schools around the city of Dallas. It was about 60 of us. And we came to campus in our sophomore year, well, it was after our sophomore year. We lived on campus for six weeks. And then on Saturdays, we would come uh, for tutorial, serve, I mean, tutorial classes. And that's what we did during the school. We were preparing to come to college. And so that was my first exposure to uh, outside of my community with people of other races. And uh, there were um, Hispanic, uh, uh, Latinx now, and uh, there was also a few whites. But other than that, you know, I sort of lived in my community and went to school in my community. And um, so that was my first exposure, that's why I came to SMU. I mean, that's why I was at SMU. 
And when you exposed to something different, uh, we were just in awe, you know, it just opened up my eyes to a lot of different things beyond my community. And so we studied and uh, when we graduated, you know, we could define, we could go to any college. We, we had a, a good uh, prep for college. So other people went to other colleges, but I wanted to go to SMU. I really wanted to stay in Dallas. So I applied and uh, I got in. So that brought me to SMU. And so um, it continued my education in terms of uh, being exposed to different people that didn't look like me, uh, different economical uh, uh, levels, uh, races. It was just uh, an experience that really uh, just uh, showed me a different life, okay? And um, so that's why I got I came to SMU. Now I lived in Dallas, but I wanted to live on campus. Mm. I wanted the full exposure to a college life. So I was able to get funding uh, uh, to uh, stay on campus and study and et cetera. So um, I would say um, that's why I got to SMU. <laughs> Ooh, and so like what's, one thing that you were involved in that kind of like impacted you and do you feel kind of directed you towards where you are now? Um, I guess, um, I guess the exposure to uh, a life beyond my the bubble where I was yeah. uh, for my community. And uh, in that I was exposed to people of different races, people of different religions, people, just people in general that I had not been exposed to. And so I learned about human life. I really did. It was, that was an education in itself. So uh, I have friends now uh, that I uh, still associate with. Uh, uh, I have a friend and in fact, when uh, I guess Dr. Gardner sent the email out to people uh, all over the world. I, I hope she didn't send it all over the world. But uh, in fact, uh, uh, from the UK, she lives in uh, the UK now, and she sent an email, you know, to say uh, she and her uh, her sister and I were very good friends uh, uh, at SMU. And uh, so, you know, I've maintained a lot of the friendships that I have, uh, that I established when I was there at school. So uh, that kind of connection really uh, helped me uh, uh, learn about life. So everything that I do now, I really try to uh, be uh, open to people of other races, people of uh, different people. And I, you know, some people just stay in their little cocoon and they don't do anything. They don't learn about people. And then when they don't learn about people, they go about what they hear, stereotypes or whatever. So you really don't know people. Okay. But I learned how to uh, uh, interact with people to learn and let them learn me. So we all learn together so we can all be uh, 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 just a humanity in, in general. And it helped me transfer that over to um, body and soul because you have people that come through our doors. They just lost hope. They, they don't mm -hmm. have hope and you can see it in their eyes. And so we have all different types of people because we don't know who's going to connect with who. Some people may not connect with me. Some people may not connect with our church. And so I am very faith-based and I'm very faith-driven. 
So I am open to trying to uh, put hope in people and say, you know, you may be at this situation, but this doesn't define your life. Your circumstances does not uh, define your life. So whatever we can do, now we're not a shelter. We're just uh, come in for a few hours and just be relaxed, okay? We're not a shelter. They don't stay there, but they connect with people. Right now, we have a lady who was, uh, she's been in the shelter for, I mean, a few years. And, you know, we keep trying to get her out. And sometimes that person has to get sick and tired of being sick and tired, okay? Yes. So we work with them. And it's not to say the first time we try to work with somebody, uh, they're going to, you know, make that that transfer trans uh, transitional move. But she just got an apartment. She's been oh, in the wow. shelter for three years. More than that. I really say five years. She's been in, the, in and out of shelters. And she just got an apartment. So now... Uh, the Dallas initiative is housing first. So, but we have to have wraparound services that support that person when they go from a shelter to living in an apartment, to be in another socialization type environment. So like right now we're gonna get her, um, I have to go out this afternoon and get her a little welcome basket of all the essentials, like some pots and pans and whatever. And, and it's just exciting. And it's, 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 it's rewarding to me uh, you know, to say that you've impacted on someone's life to sort of improve that person's life. And so we're excited and she's excited and we just want to be there to help her and support her so she won't have to go back to a shelter or go back to the streets. I would be devastated that that, that happened. So, yeah. and we've helped a lot of people like that for probably the one most, if I could have a story to tell, was well, two, but one, I'll tell you this one. The one of our uh, guests, and we call them guests, came to us and he had, uh, he developed uh, uh, medical problems. He had to have a liver transplant. Well, in order to do that, you've got to qualify and you have to be, uh, to be um, uh, a patient that, you know, once you get the liver, that you will be able to sustain the liver and live, okay? He had no support here. He had no family here. He was from New York, had come down. And so he was on the list, but they were just saying, who is going to be there to be his support mechanism? Who is going to be there to be? And the we, body and soul, we became his family. Okay, we became his family. We found out what he needed. He, we got all the people, we got social workers in the church. We got nurses and everything. So we had to make sure that he got his medication and all this. And it was just... Uh, uh, sometimes the journey to a goal, we're not, you know, you can check the box and say, okay, he's got his liver. But the journey to get to that, involving people into doing that and helping him. And uh, it was just, we all just basked in the revelation that we had done this for him and he had received it from us. We, we, we gained as much uh, uh, knowledge and love from them as they as we try to give to them. So it's a two-way street. It's never we serve you. We're here to serve, but we're not. We're not to be served, but we're here to serve. So that uh, that was one of the most. Uh, it was a challenge for us, but we did provide him the support to live with his uh, transport liver. So it was wonderful. So the stories like that. You know, we have many stories, and some people. You know, you you just can't. That if 
I'm not saying, oh, the way we started Body and Soul, mm -hmm. we spent the night, it was three of us, we mm -hmm. spent the night on the street oh, wow. uh, to actually understand what it was to be homeless. Not to say, you know, one night we'll teach you how to be homeless, but it gave us a taste. Uh, and we stayed in a shelter and it was just eye-opening of what people go through. You don't have a key to open a door, but what you have to give up to be on the streets, you know? I mean, just, I have to say this, just to go to the bathroom, okay, that we go to, you had to tell the person, this was way back then, you know, how much toilet paper you wanted. I mean, it just took so much privacy from you, you know? So anyway, that was one experience that I went through. But we stayed on the street. We had to um, do whatever, panhandle to make it back that next day. So we just wanted to get a taste of what it was like to be on the street. And so um, we did our research. We uh, researched uh, what was offered to homeless in the community at that particular time. And uh, we modeled our program really after a, a church called St. John a United Methodist Church in Houston, Texas. Hmm. And uh, you're probably familiar with them, Antoine. But anyway, uh, they, uh, they're a phenomenal uh, homeless ministry. And uh, we went down there, stayed for a weekend with them to see how they did it. So we did a lot of research in terms of trying to find out where we would fit and be the uh, uh, a part of the homeless community back in 1997. And so we found out that we, there was a gap on the weekends where they didn't have hot meals. You know, everything sort of went Monday through Friday and they closed down. So we provided a Saturday meal, breakfast, and then we got another church, First Church Richardson, to provide the Sunday evening meal. So uh, we sort of, sort of filled that gap. And um, we just felt that that's where we uh, fit in terms of food. But the other part of it, we were in the arts district, so we wanted to capitalize on being in the arts district. So we found so many artists that were really living on the streets. There's just uh, gems out there. We found one guy, his name was Roosevelt Wilkerson, who became known as the Stick Man. And uh, he carved sticks, he was illiterate, he carved the Ten Commandments on his sticks. Wow. And uh, he, um, in fact, uh, a lady that sort of sponsored him, she made a relationship with him, uh, was a friend of Laura Bush who went to SMU. And then, so we got a stick to President Bush when he went to Rome and he took the stick over to the Pope. So oh, wow. <laughs> national, uh, international notoriety. He was just bombarded with requests for his sticks. And uh, so we were, we had that art artists, uh, a component of ours, and uh, we have provided the meal. But more importantly than that, we provided an opportunity for volunteers to interact with marginalized and sometimes just underserved uh, people and to understand that they are human beings also. And just, and you need, and, a lot of times people were engineers, they were CEOs. We had all kinds of people that wanted to volunteer. And although you, you just sometimes wanted to get away from that and just be a person and interact with people different from you. And so I think we provided that opportunity from that. In fact, JJ 
she would bring students from SMU down there. Her family would come down there. So we, uh, we got to know her. And uh, it was just a wonderful, it's just wonderful experience to understand and value human beings and know somebody that doesn't look like you, that maybe not, it's not coming from the same place as you, but uh, you value life. You just value life. So. Wow, that is, I am astounded. That's amazing. Like that y'all, especially that y'all y'all took the time to like go and like research what was missing in helping the homeless. And like y'all went and like, you kind of got like a taste of it. And then like you formulated your, like your model around it. That is so amazing. Yeah, wow. we, did, yeah we, did a, we did a lot of research on it. And uh, it was all new to us, you know, and we stayed on the streets and we walked on the streets and we were homeless, just, you know, I don't say we looked homeless. What does a homeless person look like? But we we, we were doing the things that homeless people do. So uh, mm -hmm. that was very uh, that was transformative to me in in, in terms of my life. You know. Uh, oh, cool. Well, thank you for that. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I guess we can open it up to other questions now. If anyone else has anything to ask. Yeah, so I have a quick question for you. Uh, my question is, um, what is your best advice for young women um, at the age of college or graduating college or in grad school um, right now? Um, you know where I'm going with this, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> after the last four years, after this year, uh, the last few months, uh, I would say that when you go out, it doesn't matter what major you are, you need to be a change agent. You need to be aware of people and who they are, not only gender, but race. I think America has been peeled back to understand who America is. And it's past gender, okay? You know, I am a woman, but race is very dominant. Uh, homeless people, it's disproportionately homeless or African-American and they're males, okay? But I could check, and I've said this before, I said it at the uh, award ceremony. I've checked every box. I've, uh, I went to high school, I graduated. I was the val of my class. I came to SMU, most prestigious school, the Harvard of the South, okay? And a lot of times you still experience racism because of your race. It dominates everything in every facet of our life. So I encourage everybody, when you go out, no matter where you go, be a change agent. Look at people as people. You know, your story, and it's not, and I, it's not the fact that we have to be the same, although we have very much a very a common uh, 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 characteristics or whatever, but the differences of what we need to value in people, in their culture, and just because I am uh, African-American, don't assume about who I am or what I do. I don't. Get to know me as a person, and that's why I always, in everything that I do, I really encourage diversity. You know, you need to get to know a person on a personal basis to understand who that person is before you form any kind of uh, uh, 
opinions about who that person is. So I try to uh, find avenues of that. So if you go out in the world, wherever you are, be advocates of uh, diversity, be advocates of your coworkers, you know, uh, and sometimes if you're silent, you're complicit in that. And the, and the systemic racism that exists out there, you need to, I'm not saying lose your job, but uh, you got to pay your rent, but it's important for us to say that, you know, we have, we, we see a wrong and let's try to, as best we can, right that wrong so that person can be valued. People and human beings are valued. Okay, that's, and that's what I would say, no matter where you go, be that change agent to make people understand it. And I think we cannot let this opportunity go by that we've experienced in the last year. I've seen people out there marching for the rights of people, you know, and we cannot let that be in vain. We cannot let that be in vain. So uh, I, uh, and I encourage, you know, don't just be a box, I'll say a box checker, the journey to get there is very important. Sometimes the journey is the goal, <laughs> you know, mingling and uh, working with other people. Uh, uh, and I just, I, I just value that very much, so. Thank you so much. That's some fantastic advice. And I try to And when I learn more, I try to do it better. <laughs> you know, I've been complicit myself. I, I, sometimes I don't speak up and I need, and I'm becoming bolder. You know, I'm gonna speak up now. I'm gonna go to the polls. And I really target systemic racism because, and I can talk to you on a, on a personal basis and you may have your prejudices or whatever, but to me, I am going to work toward changing laws or dismantling racism and then preventing racism. Uh, I think that that's, and I've said this before, that is my goal to, as I go forward, to try to do that. I'm retired, so, you know, I'm reinventing myself, and, and that's what I'm going to target to do that. So, uh, uh, and just racism is wrong. It's immoral. It's not godly. It's, it's, uh, it's not. It is not. Uh, so. Oh, thank you for that answer. Um, anyone else have any questions or? I have a question. Um, I wanted to know what would your advice be for someone who really wants to get involved and be an ally? Like where would you advise someone to start? To be a what, an ally? Yes. Uh, I would say you have to be intentional. Okay, like the fact that you asked the question. Uh, uh, there are um, volunteer, mm -hmm. you know, you work, you make your dollar to pay your rent, find, a, find a, an organization that is offering you an, an avenue to learn about other people or to do something different or to serve in, on a volunteer basis and go out there and do it. And you don't know, you, you just don't know what, what's out there that could really, uh, teach you how to, uh, to understand and advocate for a cause that you want to do. Like for example, I haven't been that politically involved and I'm doing that, 
I'm learning. I'm getting involved in Texas Impact. I want to know who all my senators, who all my councilmen is, council people are. What do they work on? What committees they work on? And I just met Susie, what, one of the other. I'm going to get involved <laughs> in these. I'm going to follow her. <laughs> you, know, mm -hmm. you have to be intentional about going out and, and uh, making yourself available and finding those avenues where you can do that. So, mm -hmm. Thank you. What is your major, Sylvia? I'm a uh, English and film. Oh, English and film. See, look, right off the bat, I can see where you could go a lot of ways in that making films. Uh, Absolutely. So, sort of a follow-up question to that: um, How can we, as core members, our listeners through the podcast, get involved with Mind, Body, and Soul? Uh, you know, hook up with JJ. I'm fixing to get on her again. <laughs> She hasn't been there in a while. I'm gonna tell her we're gonna save a space every Saturday for a group from SMU to come, from the core group to come. When we get back up uh, uh, to being the body and soul that uh, we are. So, uh, yes, ma'am, we would love I'm gonna, that. I'm gonna get with JJ. That's a good. Now you gave me a challenge, <laughs> charge. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna get with JJ and say uh, people wanted to come to uh, body and soul. Okay, because she used to come down. And her husband, her family, uh, it was just a wonderful experience. And that's why we met her. So, uh -huh. Yes, we would love that. I think there's really, um, I like the fact that you guys were intentional about how to solve um, this issue. Um, it's really close to my heart that when you're volunteering, that you make a good impact and not leave a negative space that's right so applauds all around and i doubt if you, you if you do it intentionally and you volunteer it's not going to be that many names something's going to be a takeaway <laughs> something will be a takeaway so and the fact that you asked the question that's the first step right there <laughs> yes ma'am i guess um, that leads to my wrap-up question, which is, if you could go back in time and tell your 18-year-old self any one piece of advice, what would you tell her? Um, when I was 18 years old, well, I had graduated from school, so I knew I was coming up with that. Just be, uh, be open uh, uh, and value, value human life. That's, you know, value human life and value people for who they are uh, and uh, approach people to learn people so people will learn you and you will learn people. I say, Leah, go out there and just be bold. Yes, ma'am, I will. So <laughs> go out there and be bold. <laughs> uh, and I had a good role model role model, my mother, uh, my sister, she started volunteering with the Red Cross. She went to mm -hmm. Vietnam as a Red Cross. Oh, wow. So it's in our, it's in our genes, I think, but uh, I was able to, uh, uh, and she was a social worker with, uh, she started off as a social worker. She was our social worker, worker at the, at the Body and Soul. She passed away in, the, in 16 because I really think 
is my own personal. I really think she got affected by Agent Orange when she was over in mm. uh, Vietnam and it caused some health problems. But uh, she was a shining example of someone following through with her mission in helping people. And um, so, uh, and um, I would say do different things. I've traveled all over the world, travel, not over the world. I've traveled the United States. When I worked in Westinghouse, I traveled a lot. Uh, I, uh, I, I went to grad school in Massachusetts. Uh, I just explored different things in life besides just living in Dallas, Texas. So you bring a lot of knowledge and, uh, uh, and you, you grow when you do that. So I exposed myself to, I know I wanted to go to grad school, not at SMU, not in Dallas. I wanted to go out of the state. So. I had a, an aunt and uncle that lived in Massachusetts, so I chose Massachusetts to do that. So be adventurous. Uh, and so I think I've done what I thought I would do if eight, at 18 years old. I'm trying to think of if something I didn't tell myself, what I didn't do. Now, well, now I am single. I haven't been married. I don't have any children. Maybe I think I would have opened myself up to doing that. but. I'm not, I'm not alone. I'm not lonely. I do a lot of stuff. So I don't know. Maybe I would have formed a family, but, and I do have a relatives and uh, I'm sort of a closet genealogist. So, uh, but um, I may have a, you know, and then I take that back because I, uh, again, God has given me this path and that's what he wants me to do. So Whatever I need to do, I need to settle down and don't wish what I shouldn't have done. Just thank God I was, I've was i done what I needed to do to do what I've done. So I take that back. I, I don't have any regrets. <laughs> oh, good. That's great to hear. You're so inspiring and just so amazing. I'm so glad you were able to come today and talk with us and give us all of your wisdom because you really have given us like a bunch of like different as Dariana would call them gems <laughs> of wisdom <laughs> that we can you know take and disperse and use ourselves so thank you so much I hope I have because you guys have inspired me too I'm glad to be an alumnus of SMU and see what uh, you guys are really carrying the torch on through so I'm I'm proud of you <laughs>